I always do like five. All right, all right. What's going on? Hope everything is hooked up. I think we're good to go. Rolling. Phone's Button away. Button is on. Phone is away. Is this is this red mean mute? No, that red is. Recording. We're good. We're okay. good. If it's if it's blinking. Okay. I'll make sure it doesn't blink then. All right, guys. So we're here with none other than Zach and JB, as you go by, right? Yes, sir. Cool. Of Doula Creative Shop down here in Chicago. Um, thanks for being on, guys. And uh, why don't you tell a little bit of a brief little background of what you guys do and how you guys got here. Take it away, Z, man. Cool. Well, welcome back uh, once again. Uh, happy to be here. And uh, we are the Doula Creative Shop. We're a social advertising agency and digital creative shop. So we specialize entirely on running paid campaigns on the back end of the core seven social media platforms. And then we can execute any creative needs you have, video, photo, design. Uh, we are a one-two punch. How about you, JB? Yeah, so anything to add? I pretty much head up our creative department, that whole video production side that Zach just talked about. So I'm our creative director, do everything from shoot video, shoot photography, drone stuff, GIFs, anything you need in a digital asset. That's kind of my realm that I hang out in. Um, we're a little dynamic combo we got running here for the last two and a half years or so. Beautiful. All right. So I want to kind of dive into a little bit before you guys got here. What was your kind of, because I know you guys did some separate stuff and then you kind of converged and got here. So why don't we start with Zach? Um, what did you do before Doula? I was selling radio ads uh, for two years of my life. And I'll, I'll steal John's thunder here. He was selling cable t TV advertising. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we were both selling traditional media and go back even further from that, we went to the same high school together. Uh, we're in the same video production club team, we'll call it, 238 Studios, uh, represent Dr. Doles out there. And uh, after that, we both went to college and we kind of, we stayed in the creative field. We both were doing video work um, on our separate schools. And then uh, after that, we, I would say we crossed over to the dark side for a little bit and we were in sales. Um, and then we hit a point uh, where we said, what the hell are we doing? And, and here we are. Exactly. Let JB uh, build on that. No, the, the thing that I always tell people when we talk about kind of how we got started and how we met is that Zach, Zach was the one playing football and then me and all the other guys were filming him playing football and, okay. and making crazy video highlights and stuff. So that's kind of how I got started in the media game and you know our connection got started in high school. And then like Zach said, ended up going to Comcast to sell TV advertising. Yeah. And that was at Michigan State. And I shot for the football team for four years, um, doing video and photo for them and, and doing social media for their Twitter and whatnot. And then when I graduated, went that business sales route with Comcast. Okay. And started talking to Zach about a year and a half, two years after that happened and, and started to find out that there was a better way to do this marketing game um, and kind of start, started putting the groundwork in there. Tell them about our launch. No. <laughs> the, um, one of the first times we met up to kind of talk about starting the agency together, Zach was showing me all the different decks he created and all the concepts he had. It was like, this This is what we should go in on together. I want to partner up. I want to figure this out with somebody. I was like, man, this looks cool, but like, I got a good gig at TV going. Like, yeah. I'm getting paid fine. I don't really want to take that risk right now. And Zach just kept hammering me for it, being like, let's do it, let's do it. So we were out at um, Pizza House, or no, Home Slice? Home Slice, right? No, in Rosemont, we were at- uh, Oh, the very first. Harry yeah. Carey's- uh, Harry Carries or something. John was selling TV, I was selling radio, and uh, that was our first reconnect where we just kind of looked at each other and both said, 
you know, what happened to the video stuff? What are we, <laughs> what are we both doing right now? So um, that was, yeah, that was when, uh, when things kind of kicked off. Totally. Zach, Zach brought his radio deck to the meeting. I brought my TV deck to the meeting and we were both going through and be like, well, what do you guys do? I'm like, here's what I do. Well, how's that work? <laughs> Not good. It doesn't work at all. How about you? No, it doesn't work either. So let's figure something else out. That's uh, beautiful. In the space. So you guys, you guys went to high school together, right? Mm-hmm. So was there at any point in time when you guys have, like ever thought you guys would be working together, creating something together down the line? Was it something that was like in the back of your head, or was it just totally random? I don't, I don't think there was ever the idea of working together right away. There, um, personally, I always knew I kind of had that dream. My my dad owns his own business, and he's always been a, a business guy himself. So I always knew I wanted to eventually own my own business. So the start of being at Comcast and kind of growing my own book of business was, was the first step. Um, and I remember telling that to Zach when he approached me. He was like, hey, we should do this right now. I was like, man, my plan was kind of like grind it out here for like four, five, six years and then go off on my own. Yeah. Um, but little did I know that would come much sooner with a little help from Z and, and pretty stoked on how it's turned out so far. Nice. So I don't know about you. On that, on that aspect, <laughs> if you ever thought it would happen. I didn't, I didn't know if we would be working together, but I always loved John's work, whether it was high school, college, um, after college when he was flying the drone a little bit. So um, always knew there was some opportunity with him, but didn't know if it was going to come true. Nice. So when you were, uh, JB, when you were with doing the video for, you were at Michigan State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did my uh, research a little bit before. I love it. You know? I love it, doing your homework. So was, was that a... Uh, how was that experience? Did that kind of like shape what you wanted to do in the future or uh, was it just kind of something you just did for fun? It definitely did. Um, I mean, there was one major video project I did at Michigan State my sophomore year with another guy who's out in LA as a video editor now, Ryan Schwinky. but we, um, it was right at the start of where social media was really starting to take a turn, right? Mm-hmm. Instagram was still doing photos only, no video. So I was like, oh, well, I don't really use Instagram. I, I just produce videos, right? right. So the football team was slowly starting to see that shift onto social media now where it's like, okay, we can post longer videos on Twitter. Okay, Instagram has a 15 second video placement. Um, so it was really cool to see the football department kind of take a stance on social media. Like, hey, we need to be putting more content out there mm-hmm. because we have tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of alumni and fans who want to see all this cool behind the scenes stuff that's going on that I would get to live and shoot every day, but people on the outside didn't know it was happening. Yeah. So it was cool to kind of ride that wave with an athletic department. I'm a huge sports junkie myself. So that was really, really cool. And I think it definitely has crossed over and helped us on the content side of where the agency is now. Mm. Um, just to just to keep my skills sharp, if I, if I didn't do that for four years, I would probably just be in the sales marketing side and we wouldn't have the creative shop that is a, a huge part of the agency now. Gotcha. So, when you guys, before you started Dula, from, from the gap between, so you graduate college and then you start Dula, somewhere in between there, there must have been some kind of like low points where you guys were kind of like, man, this shit sucks and I want to do something else. Did you have any of those kind of epiphanies where you were like, wow, I need to get out of here and start something on my own? That's all you see. Um, I think, when I think back, I had, I had the same walk every day from the train into the office. I would, I would enter this lobby and I'd walk past this one video board and play the same loop of Chicago drone footage, the same beat in the background. Um, and every day I would walk past that, I would think to myself, what can I do so I can stop doing this life? What can I do to get out of here? Um, and something that 
is really refreshing now having the shop every day I wake up in the morning and I think what can I do to keep this going what action steps can I take to, to make this a little bit um, of an easier path for us so I would say every day I had that that epiphany aha moment in the morning waking up knowing I it's not what I wanted to be doing and uh, I just took you know too many of those building up to finally say let's do something about it mm-hmm. So what exactly did you see? Because you guys mentioned that you guys saw, like, hey, radio ads or, or whatever it was, broadcast, you know, this stuff isn't working. What ex- what specifically did you see where you were like, this needs to change? I think we saw two things. One being the opportunity for more businesses to enter the social media advertising space. Uh, companies were unaware of, of what they could do on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Um, so that was a, a, a big kind of aha for us, but then also a huge disconnect between targeted advertising and great content. I would, for example, I, I did kind of a co-sales role, radio and digital. When I would sell some of these digital campaigns, let's take a, a display campaign, for example. If I sold display to a client, our next question would be, where is your creative? Mm. And I felt that that, that disconnect in the space um, was the result of a lot of wasted dollars, wasted efforts, and uh, kind of having that content background. Um, I felt there needed to be a shop that that did both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd echo the same thing Zach said. I think I think more importantly, it was just seeing all the new business clients that I brought in just start to churn. It would ask a lot of questions, and it made me feel bad being like. I just sold them this huge TV program and package and now it's not working. They're saying, they're calling me up saying, hey John, why isn't this working? I thought it was gonna work. It's cool, but where are the new customers or where's this coming from? Right. Um, being at the local regional side of TV sales, so it's not you know right. a big nationwide brand. So it's like you have yeah. a dermatologist or an auto dealership who they're spending a couple grand a month and they're not getting the results they want. Just, you just felt bad, right? Like you were right. delivering the product that yeah, you yeah. promised or like wanted to give them. Right, I hear you. So. So yeah, that's definitely uh, something that's a huge advantage of you know social media is is trackable. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't you don't have to guess where with the ROI. It's a double-edged sword though, from a standpoint of if if we're not performing, yep. there's no hiding. It's, exactly. It's, here's the number. Here's what we did. So you're yeah. out of here. <laughs> yeah. Keep us on board or kick us to the curb. Exactly. Yeah. No, it definitely is uh, kind of a catch twenty-two because it's an advantage, but then you have to perform obviously as well. Mm-hmm. So all right, you go through. The, the radio stuff, the TV stuff, you go through some sales stuff and you finally start Doula. Um, what did that first day look like? Were you guys like in an apartment? Were you guys, like how did you guys start? What was day one? Mm-hmm. It was an interesting period of, almost like a limbo period where I, I quit my job and there was a three month gap and it was, I don't know if it was selling John continuously or him just waiting for the right opportunity, but uh, there was a gap before we were together. So in the beginning, um, there, the, the initial three months was a lot, of, a lot of brand building and figuring things out from a proposal standpoint, from um, website, colors, things of kind of setting the groundwork for the, the brand standpoint. Um, and then three months later when John took the plunge was really when we kind of turned on the jets and and started going full force. So Mm. um, it was kind of a a, a weird three month period uh, before we got going. So were you guys just working out of your apartments or? Side by side, eh? (laughs) Apartments about 
little over a mile away from each other up yeah. in Lakeview, Chicago. So it was uh, it was wake up in the morning, text Zach or Zach text John of yeah. whose apartment are we working from today? Yeah. And then one of us going to the other one and just side by side at a desk. I would sit on the like L of Zach has this big like L desk. It's, yeah. Thing, like classic you'd seen in the office right like something like we have behind us here You're right and i would sit on the corner of the l like boxed in okay jamming on my laptop he'd be running his screens or we'd come to so, my place and sit side by side and just grind so were you still long. at your previous job at that point no okay no. so i had i had just time to leave like later in the summer after a few campaigns wrapped up for tv gotcha and then was like all right this is the date i'm quitting it was we start august one september maybe august one or september one yeah um and then, so after that, that's when we were working in the apartments together, just grinding it out. Zach had already built a lot of right. like, the brand and the marketing behind it and kind of had these decks and then it was kind of figuring out, right. but we figuring were, out where to go from there. <laughs> we went from apartments to coffee shops mm-hmm. just to change it up. We, maybe six months in, we took out a $5 a month lease at my uncle's office, who's a mortgage <laughs> broker. And uh, so we were, you know, sitting, yelling across the room, talking video and social media. And the guy, the guy to the desk next to us, next to us, is talking about jumbo loans and yeah. tax percent down. So uh, <laughs> the weirdest mix possible. Yeah, <laughs> it's the absolute weirdest mix. That's amazing. We needed to change an environment, and uh, that wasn't it. Yeah, it helped though. And I think I, like all the time we spent at UHL, it was like how Zach kept saying he did the walk here, like how do we get out of here? Right. It wasn't like that. It was a great office, and they were super, super generous and helpful to us. But it was like. We were in that space, and all Zach and I could think about is like, how can we get our own space? Yeah, like this? that's just social ad agency. Like, we can have people in, we can podcast, we can talk. Kathleen has a place. We have interns. Like, right, bring people in and have have a space to facilitate. That. Gotcha. So, how did you how did you go from you know starting to getting your first couple clients? What was that process like? Rental Max. Right. Yeah, I'd love to say it that our first client is still with us today, two years later. Nice. That's so awesome. So we uh, actually the deck. One of the decks is right here. <laughs> nice. Um, Sitting on the coffee so table. So I would, I would walk into clients with this. Nice. I, would, I spent all the money I had on printing. <laughs> spent uh, way too much early on printing. On. But I was all about looking, you know, look good, play good, and, and right. um, kind of appearing bigger than we are. So my first meeting, I remember I walked in and at the time pitched them a full social package from paid advertising to organic segments to some creative ideas for uh, for websites and, and branding plays and basically just said guys here's where I'm at in life I need an opportunity I don't have any case studies to show you give me three months and I'll show you what I can do here's what I'm recommending mm-hmm. put an outline in front of them um, and we executed on those three months and then we walked back there uh, 90 days later and, and got the annual deal done nice the annual deal being just paid social media so yeah. this was kind of an example of, I think everyone's really hesitant to hesitant to start. They want to have it figured out right away. Mm-hmm. We didn't. We went in there and just said, we want to do everything in this realm. And then from that, it allowed us to kind of narrow down and figure out um, our core values of our company and where, our, where, where, where we best sit right now. Yeah, that's really cool. So um, once you got that, did you, did you do any kind of um, like free trials or, or how did you entice people to get, you know, give you that shot, that first shot? It wasn't a free trial. It was, um, I think I framed it to them as, as giving them a very good deal yeah. with it saying, here's what it would cost. Here's what I'm willing to do it for. Right. But, um, 
I, th- I don't know if I, if, if I got lucky in that regard. Right. I think most people have to work for free in the beginning to, to build a case study. Um, but I was very transparent. You know, I looked good on paper, but verbally I told them what was going on yeah. and just asked for that one opportunity and, and mm-hmm. that's what opened the doors. So were you involved in that process at all, JB, or were you just kind of like the behind the scenes creative? No, I was, I was definitely involved in that process. And, and like Zach said, I think it was just, we didn't say free, but we also offered it at just like a, like a very, very low right, price right. compared to what other agencies were charging. Mm-hmm. Just in the fact that we didn't have it figured out right. Like right. the transparency of our agency from, I think, the start of it has been like a huge factor in our success. And I think clients and, and people appreciate that when you say, okay, here's our fee, here's what we're doing, and you just lay it all out there. Right. And you don't, you don't hide anything or leave anything to chance. So it was... It was just so a really small kind of startup for most of the first clients, yeah. and I think it's, I think it shows that they have skin in the game too, right? Like right. you can go to any business and be like, hey, here's a free trial. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh yeah, sure, why not? Like give you, yeah. I'll throw a couple hundred dollars on Facebook. You're working yeah. for free, we're good. Yeah, where it shows that like they've got skin in the game too, and have some mm-hmm. kind of trust or investment in us. Yeah, you know, to, to play the game. No, definitely from personal experience, I I did some free trials that didn't go so well for that reason because they just. They didn't really care because, you know, it was free. So the more you pay, the more you pay attention, right? Right. Um, it's a great line. So, yeah, I love that line. I forgot where I got it from, but I love it. Um, so was it, when you started, was it easier, harder, pretty much what you expected? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I expected it. I don't know what I expected. Yeah, I guess is I the first answer to that. Like. It's I, tough. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, and every day is different. Every month is different. Did you have any kind of low points where you're like, man, I, you know, having a day job would just be so much easier. I think I might try to try to hang it up. Low points, yes. Uh, day job, no. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just every day we're waking up trying to figure out how we can keep this lifestyle and keep this going. We we love what we do. Yeah. And uh, and we wouldn't change it. I don't think for anything in the world right now. So I I would say there's been a lot of low points where we have called each other up and the other persons had to pick one another up um, but we have never had a quitting conversation or even mm. touched that topic so um, and, and we nice. don't we don't plan to either right yeah no, not not one bit yeah there's no, there's definitely low times but i mean that's the yeah. kind of the the nature of the beast with the startup business do you mind do you mind sharing maybe like maybe the one or two biggest low points sure yeah we had a massive one of our biggest clients last year ran a uh we had him on a, on a long-term deal and uh, got cut short. And it wasn't due to performance, it was due to what I would call a lack of communication on our part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, but you know, we went from being very comfortable for a good chunk of time to kind of getting scrappy again. So I can remember driving home and looking at an email at 8 p.m. saying, hey, we're, we're cutting this month too. So uh, uh, that one sticks out, I'd say. Anything yeah. else, JB? Uh, I'd say the the first one is probably like two or two or three months in, and end of the year we were probably three or four months in, and the bank account started looking ah. looking real close to zero. Um, it was under zero, it for was a little bit. it was negative. Yeah, right. We woke up, we we looked at the count, and the bank account's a negative, and we both called each other, and we we're like, what? Like, what do we do? Like, the the bank account is negative right yeah. now. And it wasn't because we didn't have any money. It was just a balance of you know when things were coming in and when invoices were being paid. But from there on out, we we're like, we need to figure out our financials, <laughs> our financials, and kind of 
get this all in place so we don't have negative things because we we have to pay people and we have to right. you know pay for the media buy and all that other stuff. So right, like, right, right. You see that red number and you're like, mm-hmm. what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, this isn't right. <laughs> so that would be the only one. Yeah, I'd say those are the two big ones. Damn, that's crazy. So what was uh what was bringing on your first couple? Well, first of all, what you guys? What was the biggest like takeaway? What was the course correction you guys took from those two experiences? Let's go first being the, the communication. How'd you fix that? Um, we we put in place a monthly recap process where we have a nice formatted document that goes to each client at mm-hmm. the 30-day mark every time. So yeah. um, we make sure that, that clients know when we're doing a good job with our work. Um, and then also tracking. We, we realize that uh, without tracking, you pretty much are giving up all ground in conversations. Clients love to figure out different ways to attribute their sales. Right. And if you don't have a pixel in place that says this Facebook ad drove this sale, um, you're you're out of luck. So mm-hmm. I'd say uh, those are kind of our two big big changes after that happened to us. Cool, nice. Um, so what was bringing in your first couple team members besides you two? Was it? Um, you know, I, I feel like I, I hear a lot of stories about people with their first couple of hires that, and it doesn't go so well and they kind of have to, um, you know, change their hiring process or whatever. Was it was it like that or were your first couple of hires, you know, pretty smooth? All you. The the first one was super smooth. Yeah. Um, Kat, Kathleen is our head of social and, and campaign manager and she's an absolute rock star. And Zach knew Kathleen from college. They were in advertising classes together and so... One day we were we were starting to grow and we kind of we had a really really good month right so profits were really high and we were like Zach and I called each other and we're like hey I don't think we could do any more revenue without bringing on someone else to kind of help manage and help captain this ship so we can continue to go out and get new business right. and grow relationships and, and take meetings um, so met up with Kathleen at a coffee shop one day Zach Zach introed me and we went through kind of what we thought was a was an interview process or, or mock interview. Um, and she's been she's been crushing it since then. So she's been an absolute awesome hire. Yeah, we love her. Um, we'll keep her around as long as we can. She's amazing. So nice. Anything to add, Zach, on that? Just that she, her, and I both applied for a second level creative advertising class at U of I. It was fifteen people, um, and and that class was copywriting, art direction, creating ads, building a portfolio. Um, so a very niche group of students, and always remember taking note of her work and, and thinking, wow, that she's extremely smart and talented. And um, I think we put up a, a post on LinkedIn that said, we need a Swiss army knife of creative skills. Photo, video, if you know After Effects, you know Premiere Pro, that's a plus, just threw everything out there. Yeah. And just said, anybody who, who looks at this and thinks even a little bit that I qualify for that is somebody that we want yeah, on the yeah. team. Kathleen reached out, and three months later, she was full-time. Oh, sorry, three months later, she was part-time, and then she ran that for, for six months, and then came on, on board full-time after that. So, so how many you guys have now? So it's just the three of us. It's the core three team. Okay. And I'll let John talk a little bit about kind of how he's built the shop in a, in a very lean and mean way. Nice. Yeah, so um, three of us full-time, okay. and then the rest of the creative side is all independent contractors, which is pretty beneficial to them because they can do all the projects with us, but also take on other work. Yeah. Um, so can I just lean into the mic? Sorry. Uh, yeah. No. 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 No problem. Um, 
Kick it back. Yeah. <laughs> Kick it back. Just run from the stage. No, no, you're good. You're good. Keep going. Um, it was just a little bit soft, but you're no, good. you're fine. So there's three of us full time right now, and then the creative shop has a number of different independent contractors that specialize in editing, After Effects, and other things. So I captain that ship, and the two guys that have been running with us for just about over a year now are Dean and Dalton. Um, and they were two guys I found on Instagram who were incredible video editors, had just dropped out of college and were looking for work. Yeah. And we crossed over through some direct messages and they were like, hey, yeah. you know, do you need help on a project? Can I help shoot with you? And I actually got connected through one of them through a mutual friend. And I was like, these kids are wicked talented and we have so much work coming in where we could use them like that. Right. So it's like, we started to funnel work to them, shoot together, edit together, and kind of bring them on as the team, and then also built out a couple guys who do After Effects and yeah. specialize in there, graphics and other things. There was a period of time where we were just we were just hammering LinkedIn with messages, typing in video guy, video Chicago, photo yeah. Chicago, and John did an incredible job of, of connecting and networking with all these people, so if we have a video project come in the door, we in our heads can kind of go through this group of people and say, Dean's the perfect guy for this video or Dalton's style aligns great with this type of client. Right. So um, taking the structure that John put in place allowed us to really stay lean from a company standpoint, but also have um, a very diverse set of creatives to deploy at any point in time. Right. Because right. all the projects are so different, right? Like right. one person needs a 30 second epic drone video hype trailer. The other person needs a five minute documentary. Okay. And that. Right? So it's like, I know you're good at this. I know he's good at that. Right. And kind of match up those skills with me. Nice. Almost like a, yeah, that's cool. Almost like a middleman or matchmaker. Yeah, a little bit. Nice. Little bit so. Nice. So I'm sure you guys talked to, well, but hold on, wait. Not a middleman or a matchmaker. <laughs> we have developed a team. Well, I mean, we like a network. Yeah, people. you're right. Yeah. Because, yeah. well, that's the difference. It's a huge difference of us and other companies is there's, there's one man shops out there that'll come up with these relationships, pass it off to that guy and move on. But for us, John has his hands in everything. He's, you know, with picking the music, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. dealing with the client revisions. He's controlling the entire project in the way that he wants it created. Okay. So very different from. No, you're right. That's true. <laughs> That's a good correction. My bad. My bad. Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah, totally fine. <laughs> um, totally so, fine. so I'm sure you guys are talk to a bunch of small businesses, small to medium sized businesses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you see like a common? A mistake that a lot of people make that or maybe something that people overlook that maybe if a small business is listening right now what would be like the one thing you would advise them to do it's a great question that's an awesome question like a repeating theme or something I think people aren't they're not taking a hard enough stance on creating on growing their their house of cards building their house of cards their email list their messenger subscriber base their text message list um, there's so many people that invest in social ads that have no call to action on it. They're driving them to the website with no retargeting play, or they're doing some stupid brand awareness objective on Facebook that's going to do nothing for you. Um, why would you not spend that money on growing these lists where it's a long-term play and, and these are things that you own outside of Facebook Messenger list, but email and text message list. Facebook collapses tomorrow, you're still in business because you have this data at your hands. Mm -hmm. I think uh, on just like the foundational level, more so the one thing I always see with businesses, right? It's like when we get a client or have a prospect, it's like the first thing you do, right? When you go to a company is you, you look up their website, you right. look up their social media. So like just their presence and their branding, like something like, oh, you know what? I haven't done my website in seven years, just kind of neglected it. It's like, 
Why would you neglect that? That's the first thing any potential customer is going to do when they look at your business. So it's basic things like that. Basic things like that. It's how they appear like yeah. online, um, which a lot of business owners have a problem doing if they've been around for 40, 50 years and haven't really needed to leverage website and, and kind of that outward look. Right. Um, so I think just that in the most like basic foundational, I'd say like branding mm-hmm. and like just just optimizing how you how your brand appears to the community right strategy with it all whether it's a brand strategy or it's a social strategy have have a a plan in place or a reason for why you're doing it some Mm -hmm. kind of intention yeah that's good Mm -hmm. um have you guys ever had to deal with any bad apples um, in terms of a bad clients because they do exist or b do they or b uh maybe like a bad um, subcontractor or something like that where you kind of had to uh, deal with a, trick, a hairy situation if you will. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes, yes and yes. <laughs> yes and yes. There's, there's, like you said, there's always, there's always good and bad out there, right? Well, I'll start with the contractor thing because, again, I think a lot of companies believe that they can just find a video guy and hire him out and he'll, he'll just take, take, every, take the reins and run with it. Um, but it's just not true. And we, we learned early on, two, two occasions come to mind on, on there needs to be a vetting process for contractors. It needs to be a hiring process. It can't just be, here's this guy's portfolio. He looks good at video, let's send him out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked with um, one person who I would say just ignored timelines entirely and that that caused us to look bad in the client's eyes Mm -hmm. Um, and there's nothing we could do because we did a poor job maybe in the beginning setting expectations with things Um, and then there was um, yeah that's what I got there you talk about clients and uh, I'll I'll stop the the bagging on the contractors (laughs) (laughs) I mean the biggest thing it's it's hard to call a client a bad client right Mm -hmm. it's it's really whether we ourselves put other, put ourselves in a position of success from the start, right? right? Whether that's like communication or guidelines or or what we're going to facilitate for the client. So I would say the biggest problem when a client becomes a bad client is when the communication hasn't been there, right? And they think they're getting this, this, and that, or there hasn't been a defined like defined objectives, right? right. Like because then you think you're getting one thing, we think we're getting another thing. You think this is your responsibility, I think this is mine. Right. So, just defining those objectives and like what you're getting with whether they're doing social advertising with us or video production or content, um, that'll help steer us away from the bad clients in the future. But we've definitely had it and just, mm-hmm. you know, when something goes wrong with the bad clients, just being being open and being honest and just, you know, falling on the sword if it was our fault yeah. and, and apologizing and, and being... So just, just over-communication. Basically. Yeah, just over-communication is always better. So just, just yeah. being thoughtful and honest with the response. You know, if, if it's your mistake, I'd rather hear you own up to it than right. try to hide behind it and deflect it a bunch of times. And yeah. I've had to own up to mistakes. We all have. So. Right, right. But there are bad clients and there are times when we've had to cut the cord or say no. And um, even when I worked at an internship my, my junior year, um, I can remember the company I worked for, uh, the agency I worked for got rid of their second largest client at the time. So I, I saw this go down of, of, this is the agency of record for this restaurant company, I won't say the name. Um, and the agency in fact said, we can't work with you because of these reasons. Mm-hmm. And we've had to do that with certain clients who either don't acknowledge the they don't acknowledge kind of what we're doing for them like an example being lead generation for a client 
If we're hired to bring in leads, we're gonna bring in leads. If we're hired to bring in customers, we've got a lot of other processes in place to do that, mm -hmm. but that's gonna be the next level up in a package. Right. So it's something as simple as that of, um, of setting that expectation, like yeah. John said. Totally. Yeah, no, I completely agree, because it really is a partnership, right? It's not like, it's not like I deliver you results. It's, it's, I bring you leads and there's a push and pull. You gotta follow up with the leads. Mm -hmm. You gotta um, you know, make sure you're calling them, you're texting them and getting them actually in the door for their appointments. So I think it's definitely mm -hmm. a partnership. It's not, uh, you know. It's collaboration. Exactly. And we want collaborative clients and, and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Um, so where do you guys, um, you know, say, say five years goes by, it's been like the best period of your entire lives what have been maybe like the top one or two things that Doula Creative has uh, accomplished and worked on? Hit, hit re-record on that before we uh, go, because that might have ran out. I don't know, on mine, at least. Uh, mine has a 30-minute... Yeah, so does mine, actually. Okay. Was it still going or no? No. That's what, that's what I figured. I've, I've been through that too many times where I'm just like leaving it rolling and then you go back to it and it says movie recording has yeah. automatically stuff and you're like, hmm, last 10 minutes were really good. <laughs> All right. I got so, you. Um, hit, that, hit us with that again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in the next five years, if everything goes as planned, everything like works out perfectly, like you guys have it pictured in your minds, um, what has Doula Creative accomplished? Awesome questions. It's a, great, it's a <laughs> really, question. really good question. We, in five years from now, I mean, we want to be known as the place that businesses come for, for a lack of better words, for cool shit when it comes down to it. If a company needs that sizzle, they're missing something, they want to change it up, uh, they know that they can call the shop and, and we're going to come to them with new ideas, with a new strategy or a new take on, on uh, kind of the same thing that they've been doing over and over. So I want to be known as that around the Chicago area, the United States area, um, eventually the world, and and really uh, and really just, just have people know the shop. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo exactly what Zach said. I think it's, it's to grow and scale the company agency, right, where mm -hmm. there's more people on board, all who are like-minded individuals with the same goal in mind of being afraid of old ideas like we have on our website, right. um, and really pushing that progressive stance on advertising where in five years, maybe we're not even doing Facebook advertising. Maybe Snapchat's blowing up. Maybe the influencer thing is continuing to take yeah, off. Mm -hmm. um, so always being on the cutting edge of that agency, that advertising, that marketing industry um, is what I really want us to be in five years. And obviously with that, you know, yeah. scaling the company up as well and, nice. and being more successful. Damn. Well said. That is really well said. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> that was well, in my note cards. I was yeah. back on on beer the whole time. All these have been pre no, I was kidding. Yeah. Um, pre-recorded <laughs> and rebroadcast. Um, what do you think is the one biggest challenge that's prohibiting you from from realizing that? I'm digging these questions so hard. <laughs> these are so good. Biggest challenge. A lot of people ask me. They're like, "How do you just keep asking these questions?" And I'm just like, "This is just what I think about." Every day, it's good. <laughs> it's, it's, good. it's good. I have a <laughs> reputation for asking too many questions. So, like good questions, though. Uh, the biggest challenge I think to get there is is choosing our clients. Mm. Kind of going off of our last conversation, we are at a point right now where we're trying to grow in different spaces, whether that be in the CPG industry, just in the e-commerce space, um, and and 
doing that, um, we have had to be very strategic with people that we work with, with offering up some lower cost opportunities uh, just to get them on board. So I think uh, um, our biggest hurdle is just making the right choices in that space and, and not spending too much time on on uh, something that, that's not gonna have long-term payoff. Mm. Yeah, totally. I think it's choosing the right business opportunities and the right client and the right, right fit with the agency that can help grow and scale and get to what we just talked about, that, yeah. that ultimate goal, goal of continuing success. But it's, it's always tricky when you're young as a company because you know a lot of people will come to you with different things or offers or different businesses or your network of friends and people and it's like, where do you work with them? Where do you not? You mm. know, when do you say no? When do you say yes? And then which industries do you really think you can hit at home? Yeah. And so it's it's yeah. tough, but it's yeah. a good spot to be in, I guess. There's a quote. I think I'm pretty sure it was Dean Graziosi um, said, "Your ability to the biggest thing to get to seven figures is to say yes to everything. The biggest thing to get past seven figures is to say no to everything. So just choosing your battles mm-hmm. wisely. Love that. Um, yeah." All right, we'll close out with this. So you guys, let's go, you know, in a separate, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Separate universe, whatever, parallel universe. Yeah. You guys are working at a day job. You don't know each other. You don't know each other exists. And you've realized, okay, my day job sucks. I want to try something on my own. What is the very first action step you take? And we'll go one at a time. So let's start with JB. I would say that the number one first action step is just building your personal brand, right? Mm. Like even when I was working in TV and, and still working my, my day job is, you know, I started posting things on LinkedIn and on YouTube and on Instagram and whatnot of like, everyone still knew me as like, hey, he's, he's like that video guy, right? Like you still make videos, you do drone stuff. So building your personal brand and like reaching out to your network and, and learning and educating yourself, right? So I think, I think continuing to just invest in you is huge because at the end of the day, that's what's going to get you to that next level where you want to where you want to jump up in the corporate ladder to the next job or to the next industry. You're not going to get there unless you learn it and know that space and kind of brand yourself towards that realm. If that yeah. makes sense. So just just like you were saying earlier with YouTube, just educating, learning, just eating up as much information as you can. That's good. So if I was in a day job right now, I would. My biggest piece of advice for myself would be to put everything on paper. I'm a, um, I'm a huge, huge advocate of just writing down your ideas. I think that, that it's so important to start somewhere. So say, for me, I had the idea of social media dedicated agency. Write that down on a sheet of paper and then branch that to the next category. And, and it's kind of this, uh, this like brainstorming, brain mapping concept, but you're gonna start connecting the dots to things eventually. And all of these different notes will come together and will make sense at some point in time. So don't, don't keep everything up here in your head. Put it on paper, revisit your notes, and, and make the connections um, that are gonna allow you to, to come up with this idea or, or uh, allow you to start kind of building your machine. Yeah, no, I would definitely echo that. I, uh, when I started putting actually putting like my goals um, on paper and start like actually visualizing them is when you know my mindset started to change and then my actions changed with that so I would definitely agree 100% the other thing I would add just to everyone's answer there was kind of networking like networking yeah. and connecting with people I think being surrounded by um, you know people who build you up and have kind of the same yeah. values and same vision as you is, is huge yeah. like 
even the independent contractors we work with, like mm-hmm. we knew they were in the same space and had the same yeah. headspace, but just like we're doing, it's just yeah. like connecting and, and surrounding yourself with an awesome network of people is huge. Yeah, no, literally the reason why I'm here is I reached out to Zach on LinkedIn some random kid who was like, yeah, it's Saturday morning. Yeah, we, we met up <laughs> for coffee. Awesome. I came to this location. Yeah. We talked, chatted for a while and just kind of stayed in touch. And, uh, you know, here we are. So pretty cool stuff. There's tons of people who wouldn't want to do that or give up their Saturday yeah. to do it. So it speaks to the hustle and grind. And yeah. It's awesome. So and just glad to kind you of, did. Yeah, I know. Just to kind of go go even more, um, you know, if you're not sold on the, the on paper thing, I, I always hear these people that, like, they just know someone for everything. They have, like, this amazing network. And uh, I want that to be me. I want to be like a connector. I want to just know people mm-hmm. that are awesome. So um, like a positive affirmation that I write every morning and every night um, is I'm a world-class networker. And I just like try to that. build that story yeah, up for, so my, for myself and then just try to, you know, act on it. So very yeah, cool. Super pretty, cool. Pretty cool stuff. I love that. All right, guys. Thank you. This is my first uh, dual, you know, double interview with two people. So it went pretty well. And... Uh, yeah, well done. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and, really uh, appreciate it. Yeah. The shop is always open for you, man. Anytime you want to come by. Cool, cool. Here. When uh, where can people find you on uh, social? At at Dula Creative Shop on Instagram, uh, Dula on LinkedIn, Dula on Facebook, Dula on YouTube. Dula See on most YouTube. of our video content there. Stephen O O L A, right? Yes. O O L A. Double O. See, I made the mistake because your last yeah. name is D U L O, so I got confused. So D O O L A on all social. The double O's, yeah, all social. Yeah. Check them out. Zach, actually, I don't know if you're involved in this at all. I don't mean to ramble on, but you do the creativepreneur calls on each Wednesday, I think, right? Yep. Yeah, so try and, uh, John and I both have our personal brands going in different directions right now. I am. Uh, really focused on just helping creativepreneurs, anybody from video, photo, audio, design. Um, I want to help these people monetize their creative skills, uh, whether that be building proposals, talking about sales strategies, things of that sort. Um, I am doing all free calls on Wednesday nights, just networking and, and talking with people. So if you're interested, uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn or uh, or send one of the company pages a, a a request. And John over here doing something similar too. Yeah, so hasn't launched quite yet, but uh, maybe maybe we'll roll it out on this podcast. But working on building kind of a, a mastermind series of classes for photographers and videographers to nice. work on <clears throat> editing tutorials, monetizing their skills. But so many times you get asked questions on Instagram of like, how do you do this? How do you fix that? So almost creating, like Zach was saying, kind of a club or a, or a gathering yeah, yeah. where you can have people come to the creative shop and learn and collaborate and then have different courses and series and come out and shoot with me and do this and job shadow yeah. and, and kind of really dive into that that creative space at a, at a whole new level rather than just behind the scenes on YouTube and That's really cool. through Instagram DMs and make it make it more personal yeah. just like this. So there's, love it. there's a lot in the works, so stay tuned from the shop. Love it, love it, guys. All right, check them out. Hottest agency in Chicago, baby. Let's go. And, Take uh, that title. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll cut it there, and uh, thanks again. You guys are the bomb. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. Dude, that was awesome. That was a tough-